0: Hi, everyone. My name is Maria Thomas, and I work for Allianz Research, the global team of economists, strategists, sector advisors, and foresight experts of the Allianz Group, led by Ludovic Subran. Welcome to Tomorrow, a podcast where we'll be talking about our latest analyses of economic and capital market developments, as well as our views on trends affecting risk management. Let's get started. With steep commodity prices and extended supply chain disruptions, exporters face a rocky road in 2022. How do they plan to adapt? In this episode, we find out about the results of the 2022 Allianz Trade Global Survey with Anu Kuhanithin, Head of Corporate Research, and Françoise Huang, Senior Economist for APAC and Trade at Allianz Trade. Hello, Anu and Françoise. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Maria. Hello. So to start, can you tell us why you decided to survey companies now?
1: So back in late 2021, Maria, uh, we were wondering how uh, COVID and the last couple of uh, years that we've been through uh, impacted global trade. And so we asked 2,500 companies in six different countries um, a series of questions um and and by the time uh that uh, the the main challenges were uh, were already high energy prices uh, supply chain bottlenecks due to uh, to high demand um but uh we we pretty much received the results of that of that first wave of the survey um in in February 2022 um and then the war happened the invasion of of Ukraine uh so so we decided to to go for a second round this time focusing on, on European companies, which were obviously the most exposed to, to this new crisis. Uh, and uh, we, we got new responses, and we were also able to compare how the perception of risk and challenges evolved before and after the war.
0: So can you tell us more about that then? What did you find between the two rounds?
1: So interestingly, but not surprisingly, uh, the, the perception of risk uh, went up uh whatever the 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 challenge that we uh that we uh, questioned the, the the companies uh our exporters uh they uh they they pretty much had a higher uh perception of risk after uh the the beginning uh of war uh the just to give you an example uh 22% of exporters now expect uh a decline in turnover um and compared to just six percent in the first round of the survey uh there is there's also uh a pickup in uh the perception of non payment risk uh with now more than half of respondents expecting non payment risk to increase compared to uh, a bit less than thirty percent in the first round of the survey uh and uh it it goes on and on for uh for all of the risk uh but broadly risk Risk and all risk have, have shifted up uh, for for corporates.
2: That said, everything was not uh, all negative within the survey, and and we did find some reassuring news or, or or some some surprisingly positive notes. Uh, and in particular, we find uh, that the war does not seem to deter companies from exporting. Uh, and in fact, in the second round of our survey, so after the, the invasion of Ukraine, uh, we find that a little less than half of exporters, uh, so a, a little less than half of our respondents, say that they would actually seek more investment for their export activities uh, than what they were planning before the war. So, so that can seem uh, quite surprising. Uh, but what we what we understand and how we read this number is that. Uh, First of all, exporters are still willing uh, to continue their international development. And secondly, they will increase investment uh, in order to diversify uh, their exposures. Uh, they would not uh, just shy away from 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 exporting and and turn to their domestic market, uh, but they would want to increase investment uh, in order maybe to try to target new markets, avoid uh, the markets that are more uh, heavily impacted by the war, and, and thus diversify uh, away from from the risk that the war is creating.
0: So, can you talk a little bit more about the issues that companies were the most worried about in this survey?
1: So, uh, unsurprisingly, the, the, the top risk for, for most exporters, uh, whether before or, or after the war, uh, were related to high energy prices. Um, and, uh, in the first wave of the survey, uh, about 37% of, of European companies said that, uh, they thought that, uh, high energy prices were going to be more of a challenge in 2022. Uh, and that figure went up to, 56% 56% of respondents, uh, in our, uh, in our second wave. What we also notice is that, um, there are some, um, some differences, uh, among countries. Uh, the, the most worried countries are, uh, the, the ones that are more dependent on, on, on natural gas. So, uh, Italian exporters, for instance, 66% of, uh, Italian exporters are, are worried about high energy prices uh About sixty percent of uh, British firms are also saying that um, compared to only forty six percent of uh of French corporates uh which is probably uh reflecting the uh the fact that the French government announced a resilience plan that's going to shield uh somewhat uh companies uh, and also that the the country has uh has probably a different uh energy mix.
2: And we find this uh, difference also among the second highest risk uh, that was identified by our respondents, which is geopolitical tensions. And here again, uh, the UK and Italian respondents were the most uh, worried about about this uh, this risk, and the French ones uh, the the least. Uh, that being said, of course, has uh, seen geopolitical tensions uh, emerging as the second highest risk uh, among in our second round. Uh, in the second round of the survey, it's not surprising given the context uh, of the war. Uh, the context of the war also made us revise on the downside our, our trade outlook for 2022. Uh, the confidence shock and the uncertainty Uh, that the war is creating is actually uh, around uh, behind half of the downwards revision we made for 2022 Um, global trade in volume terms growth. So we were expecting 6% growth before the war and that was kept down to to 4%. And so half of uh, that uh, downwards revision is due to the confidence shock created by the geopolitical risk. Uh, among the rest of the downwards revision, a large par- part is transportation bottlenecks, which comes up as the third uh, largest uh, risk, the third largest challenge that the respondents of our survey uh, consider for, for for the remaining uh, this year. Um, so maybe just quickly, a little bit of context around transportation bottlenecks. Uh, 2021 was for sure, I think everybody saw that, uh, was a year where we saw uh, shipping costs skyrocketing. They actually reached uh, record levels month after month uh, before peaking in September, uh, when when the cost of shipping was six to seven times uh, higher than, than the pre-pandemic uh, level. And in the last few months of uh, 2021 and the first few months of 2022, we actually saw shipping costs uh, gradually declining. Um, And before the war, uh, what we're expecting is to see some normalization in in global shipping, some normalization in global supply chains uh, starting to materialize uh, towards the, the end of this year. Uh, now, of course, uh, the invasion of Ukraine has changed the expectation. It's not the only factor. Um, what's happening in China—the the local renewed outbreaks of of COVID nineteen, and the ensuing partial and full or full lockdowns of some cities—that is also making us delay our expectation of uh, uh, of uh, going back to more uh, normal functioning of of global logistics and and global supply chains. Uh so so yeah, and unsurprisingly, uh we have uh, transportation bottlenecks uh being in the top three risks that uh in our survey uh identified. And uh these are likely to continue, uh these are likely to remain a big part of the global trade story for twenty twenty two, pressuring uh, the volume of goods uh that can smoothly uh, flow between countries on the one hand and on the other hand uh, pushing up the cost of uh, trading goods across the world.
0: And what was the most surprising result in this survey?
1: So definitely, Maria, uh, there were some results that made us uh, raise a few eyebrows. Um, one of them being that half uh, of, of the companies that we, uh, we surveyed uh, mentioned that uh, they, they are still hoping for, uh, for, for some state support. So our first wave uh, of, uh, of, of the survey already revealed that uh, more than half of uh, exporters um, in, in all of our six countries uh, actually received uh, state support and that, that allowed them to, uh, to survive and grow. Uh, but they are two years after the pandemic, uh, they still think that it's the best way for the government to, uh, to, to, to support them, uh, even though we're talking about uh, input shortages and supply chain bottlenecks that uh, cannot be uh, solved through through only state support.
0: And if we look beyond uh, 2022, what does the survey tell us about how companies will be adapting to the future of trade?
2: Uh, one trend we wanted to, to check with the survey was the trend of digitalization. Uh, because, of course, even before the pandemic, I think it was uh one of these themes that uh, we knew was going to be dominant in in the coming decade uh but with the pandemic uh digitalization definitely accelerated uh because lockdown meant that some companies uh were forced to do their businesses uh remotely but not only companies of course households governments uh all the working habits and administrative processes everything had to change and and go online just because people were not allowed to to move around. Uh, so we wanted to to check uh, what the survey would tell us uh, in terms of digitalization. We asked a, kind of a naive question, um, is to, to understand whether if the respondents have put in place digitalization efforts, Unsurprisingly, uh, we have an overwhelming majority of of people saying that they did, and 90% if we look at uh, the full survey of, uh, of of the six countries. So 90% of all our respondents say that they have put in place digitalization efforts in recent years, and and this overwhelming majority is observed across all countries. I think the smallest share was in the UK, where we had 87% of respondents, and the highest in China uh, with 94%. Um, so beyond this, uh, what's more interesting and what we asked in the survey is to understand uh, how digit, well, why and how uh, digitalization is, is helping uh, businesses and in particular how it is helping their export uh, activity. Uh, I think two uh, interesting points uh, come up. Uh, one thing is that digitalization uh, was used as a coping mechanism for companies to to protect their turno- turnover to to protect their their productivity so just basically speaking to protect Uh, their export activity. Uh, It helped them also to reach new markets and maybe reach uh, customers that uh, cannot be easily accessed through uh, brick and mortar stores. And and on that point, I think about, for example, the growing middle class in in smaller cities in in China. Some companies may not see the benefit of actually opening a store, but they can still reach uh, this part of of the market by by online sales and, and so by digitalization Digitalizing part of their business. Sorry. Um, so that's an interesting, um, background, uh, for when we look at the digitalization of, of, trade. And, and the other thing is that, uh, around half of respondents of our survey said that they use digitalization in a way to help them improve, uh, the resilience of their supply chains. Uh, and we think that this also was interesting, but because of course, uh, the pandemic and then the, the bottlenecks in shipping that we've experienced in the past two years, uh, that, uh, showed that showed us that there were vulnerabilities and and dependencies um, that can be put at risk uh, when when a shock uh, occurs. So uh, respondents in our survey clearly uh, said that um, this was a key concern and. Uh, and the key topic they want to tackle in their uh, long-term strategy, and digitalization was a way uh, to achieve this target. Uh, And on this last point, uh, what was also interesting um, in our survey is to see that actually uh, we have, uh, in particular, more Chinese companies, so two-thirds compared to 50% for the overall survey. Two-thirds of Chinese companies uh, uh, see benefits from digitalization uh, in increasing the resilience of their supply chains. Uh, so it's, it would seem that companies there are particularly more focused on uh, strengthening their 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 supply chains. So yeah, overall on the, on digitalization, the, the survey did help us to to understand uh, how this trend, uh, this uh, consensual trend, can actually help uh, export activities.
1: Another key trend for global trade uh, is that uh, the future of trade needs to be greener uh and uh exporters need to uh to to engage in more uh ESG friendly practices and so we've asked our exporters how they plan to uh to adjust to to, to ESG and the the, the key takeaway uh, from from our questions is that uh for now um ESG is not a key concern for uh for exporters first of all uh it's not reshaping global trade So only 36% of respondents said that uh, they were choosing export market based on uh, ESG criteria. Uh, Second, um, most of companies have an attitude of, let's say, uh, go ahead, uh, I'll catch up, Uh, meaning that uh, half of our respondents say that uh, they adjust to to ESG by first adjusting uh, their relations with suppliers. Uh, meaning that uh, they will work with more ESG compliant firms before adjusting their own processes uh, and their own uh, supply chains. And and the third point uh, that underlines this uh, this lack of emphasis on on ESG uh, for now uh, it's the fact that um, carbon prices uh, are not impacting prices. For, for exporters. So, uh, only 36% of exporters have, have increased or plan to increase prices to, to compensate uh, for, for carbon taxes. So, overall, uh, as of today, uh, ESG is far from being um, a concern for, for exporters and, and it's far from, uh, from reshaping global trade.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much, Anna and Francoise. Speak to you next time. Thank you for having us, Maria.
1: Thank you, Maria.
0: Thank you so much for listening. You can find the full report we just spoke about on our website. We'll leave a link in the show notes. If you'd like to discover more of our research, you can also follow the Ludonomics newsletter on LinkedIn. We'll leave a link down below for that too. If you like the podcast, please send it to any of your friends who might like it too, and leave us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. In the meantime, stay tuned for the next episode.